Hello, my name is Tristan Gooley and welcome to The Pursuit of Outdoor Clues, the podcast that invites you to join me in my pursuit of outdoor clues. In each episode, I venture outdoors in search of a new clue and along the way, we get to know some of my favourites better too. This week I've come to South Devon. I'm standing in a field on a hill. Uh, The nearest town uh, is a place called Totnes, which is famous for being a bit bohemian, free-spirited. I think they chased one of the coffee chains, tried to open an outlet there, and the, uh, the locals chased them off into the hills. Uh, which I salute them for. I'm just getting my bearings. I'm actually standing in a cultivated field and it's not the sort of field I found myself standing in before that I can think of. Uh, They're growing elder. Whether for the flowers or the berries, uh, I'm not sure. But I've never seen... I mean, it's it's a good sized field I find it hard to put uh, an exact acreage on fields when I look at them, but this one has to be, it's got to be at least five acres, Um, probably a lot more actually. I always underestimate those things. But we are talking about hundreds, possibly possibly thousands of of elder plants. Um, I couldn't call them trees. Many of them are about my height. But it's a, it's a plant I've always associated, not with total wilderness. It, uh, it thrives in places with nutrient-rich soil. Uh, and so we tend to find it at the edges of towns and villages. But it's, as I say, it's not one I've come across in long lines like this. Perhaps our tastes are changing. I'm just getting my, my bearings now because My plan is to investigate a clue that I am very excited about because it is new to me. Uh, And it could be a really exciting addition to the collection. We're going to learn lots about it, of course, in due course. Just to give you a clue to what the clue is, one uh, one of the signs that is very popular and people feed back to me after reading books, but also when I'm, I'm leading walks, how much they like it, is the, the leaf compass. Trees have sun leaves and shade leaves and the, the smaller, lighter coloured, thicker leaves on the south side, the sun leaves in deciduous trees, can give you a good sense of direction. But there is one fairly obvious weakness with that compass and it is never more obvious than this time of year. It is the middle of January. So there's your clue to the clue that we're going to be searching for today. The land rolls away down to the south. It's mid-morning and the, there's a very bright low sun in the southeast, just hanging above a mixture of cumulus clouds which are they're bubbling up. They're not looking too threatening, but they're not, they're not cumulus humulus, the, uh, the fluffy little sheep of picnics. There's definitely a bit more 
body and height to them, uh, a sign of an unstable atmosphere, uh, a sign that things can change quite quickly, not least at this, this time of year. And they are being pushed over, nudged over from southwest to northeast at their tops. This is a, a sign um, I've written about quite recently, actually, and I call it the shear. It's a very fast way of getting a sense of what the wind is doing, even when you can't feel it. You just look at the way the, the wind nudges the tops of clouds over, a little bit like a hand on a deck of cards. Because I've got a little bit of height, I can feel some of that wind. It's fairly gentle on my face. Its effect is most noticeable actually in carrying sounds from the southwest towards me. I can hear a, a distant road. I'm not certain which road that is. Um, but as the wind strengthens and weakens, the sound of that road grows and dies. The crown is now very wet underfoot. I've passed from a carpet of clover, which is a sign of nutrient-rich soil that's been disturbed, with a few thistles, which again, like disturbance, into a almost a bog of, of mud. I've come away from the road now and it's changed not just the sounds, the birds can be heard all around, but also because of the shape of the land, the feel, it's suddenly very warm. I'm in the, the lee of some of the high ground. I can hear water in the distance. I thought I was going to spot it actually because I thought I saw a, a willow tree. Uh, and willows just trigger that very fast sense of water. But then when I got a few steps closer, it was a, an unusual beech tree where the buds were hanging down in, in great big sort of like tendrils, um, reminiscent of a, a slightly truncated weeping willow. I'm not sure exactly why the beech looked like that, but as soon as I got close enough to see the the bark and then after that the buds any thought that the water was there was replaced by a suspicion that it wasn't beaches don't like wet ground in the way that willows love it heading into a patch of woodland now and the chances of finding our clue have shot up What I ideally want is to find a mix of conifers that are exposed to some wind. And I'm surrounded here by western red cedars and what looked like a few firs in the distance, but I'm too low at the moment. I wouldn't expect the clue to work here. And even if it did, these, these trees aren't going to work for me. The, 
the leaves or the needles are too too high I need to be able to look at them so onwards and upwards telltale marks of a, a climber on this cedar. Can't tell as it's long gone exactly what it is, but it's following the same direction that a honeysuckle does. The tree has grown a, a load of extra wood to give it, give it strength and uh, shaken off the stranglehold of that climber. I've just spotted one of these cedars with uh, low enough branches to go and take a peek. Um, I don't think I'm gonna find the clue we want yet. There is something else I can do, which is to grab a sprig and then crush it between my fingers. Give it a good sniff. And that wonderful telltale scent of the western red cedar it's often described as pineapple but i can't say i get exact pineapple it's fruity for sure and yeah i wouldn't say it's exactly like one smell it's to me it's a mixture i'd say it's a it's a cross between if you stirred perhaps a little bit of pineapple with a little bit of lime and a little bit of pine. Gave that a good stir, that's what I'm smelling. Just starting to gain some height again. And with it, I can just start to hear the, the wind giving the tops of the trees a bit of a brush. Which is promising. I've gained enough ground now that I can see the tops of the conifers being buffeted by the wind and I can hear it quite clearly. It hasn't reached all the way down to, to where I am, but I don't need it to. Um, and the most exciting thing is I've reached a, a more mixed woodland. Uh, I can see some pines in the distance, uh, a good sprinkling of firs around me. Um, even what looks like um, oaks and beeches in a gap out towards the west.
Now the sun is still out and that's very helpful because I don't even really have to think um, too hard to, to get a sense of direction when the sun's out. And that allows me to, to roam and look at clues at a slightly greater speed. If, it's, if you're in woodland and it's completely overcast and you're, you're looking for a new clue like I am at the moment, then you do have to cross-check. You do have to um, use some of, the, some of the many other woodland clues that there are um, to make sure you're not misreading the situation. Uh, but today uh, I can just roam and the moment of truth is near. Okay, I've got a fairly young fir tree here in the shade of a, well, it's in the, the shade of many trees, but its neighbor is a dying, much taller fir tree, a good healthy growth of lots of other things all around it. I'm having to step over brambles, which is a sign the sun is getting in a bit and that we're not that far from the track. There's a, a forestry track that I can see about 50 meters away. One of the birds has detected I'm here. An alarm call in the distance there. Sounds like a robin, can't see him. But back to the focus, which is this new clue. And what I'm going to do is have a look, a careful look at the needles on all sides of this fir tree. I'm actually going to plug, actually going to pluck a small twig from the southwest side as I make my way around to the northeast side. Wow, that is, that is unbelievable. There is nothing I find more exciting in this line of work than when you spot something that, it must have been under my nose more than a thousand times, probably 10,000 times. And... It's only when we know to look for something sometimes that we spot it. Okay, what I have done is taken some of the needles, taken a small twig from the southwest side of this young fir and just walked round to the northeast side and compared them. And sure enough, the needles on the northeast side are noticeably longer. And that's what I was expecting. So much of my work is scavenging. I'm, it doesn't matter to me where I get the clue from originally or even the idea. Um, it's then going out into the field and seeing if it's true or spotting it uh, in the field and then going back to other sources and seeing if anybody else has spotted it. And this is a good example of something that's done the full, full circle. I noticed a few weeks ago that I was, uh, I was looking at a pine actually, and the needles were very, very short on one side of the tree, and it was in a very exposed location. And it just got me thinking. And then instead of reinventing the wheel, I went uh, and did some, some research in amongst the academic papers. 
And I didn't expect to find anything. But uh, in a PhD paper, I found reference to, strangely enough, a book that is sitting on my, my shelf at home. And that's quite often the case. I, I have hundreds of books on these strange subjects, but I can't, can't say I know them all off by heart. And I can't say that I've gleaned everything that's in them. But yes, this PhD paper um, talked of conifer needles being shorter on the windward side, the southwest side in Britain and, and many places uh, in the northern temperate zone, uh, and longer on the sheltered northeast side. And that, uh, I cross-checked it with the, the original author, and uh, I was itching to get going, and here I am. Um, as I say, I must have seen this so many times. This is the first time that I've looked for this, you know, knowing what, to f what I should expect, and it's there. But I don't want to take just, just one of them. There is, which is so nice for this sort of research, probably at least 50 if not 100 willing specimens in this woodland just exposed enough to the wind that they should display this effect so I'm going to continue looking actually a very young western red cedar here. I'm just going to see if I can spot a difference. It's going to be much harder because of the, the flat sort of, not exactly needles in this tree. So we might not get the same effect exactly. Well I'm definitely seeing a, a bigger fanning out of the fronds or whatever the correct term is for for these it's very hard to sort of compare it, it's not a needle situation um, but they do appear bigger and more fanned out on the the northeast side but I don't think that tree's going to be our our favorite I think if we had no other choices it's worth a look but So what I'm planning to do is just walk north for probably no more than a kilometre or so, using mainly the sun, so that frees up my attention. I'm not having to scan for some of the subtler clues in the woodland. Um, and that's, that's something we have to accept when looking for, for signs in the outdoors is we do have a limited focus and attention. I, because I've been focusing on trees, just have to accept that I may have missed perhaps a hundred signs of animals in the past couple of hours, possibly thousands realistically, and, and in amongst that doubtless some rather rich and exciting clues, but we can't have everything. And the more practice we get at looking at for certain things, the better the chance that we can, we can bring all the pieces together. But here's another fir. I've climbed 
since the last one. So this one will most likely be exposed to more wind than it was 100 feet or so lower. Let's have a look. Yes, the effect is there. I'm actually picking up a darker colour on the, the needles on the, the north and northeast side of this fur as well. But what's interesting is the shortening is not, it's not uniform. I think it may well be if there's a, a constant high exposure, if it's, if it's windy most of the time. But I'm still in woodland here, so there's still a fair amount of shelter. And perhaps that's why the, the needles on the southwest side, I'd say half of them are about the same length as the average needle length on the northeast side. I mean, the needles on the northeast side are not uniform. But in amongst the, the normal length ones on the southwest side, at least half of them are noticeably truncated. And that is not true on the northeast side, probably as few as one in, one in 20 are noticeably shorter. And that degree of difference cannot be coincidence. We always have to be so careful um, for confirmation bias, not least if, like me, you get rather excited by these sorts of things. You know, the brain loves to see patterns and it will very happily arrange things into meaningful patterns where they don't exist. So a little scepticism at this stage is healthy. I don't want to take the joy out of it because I really am quite happy about this. But there's a reason people see faces of Jesus in toast. But I'm pretty sure that, um, yeah, the, the, it's a healthy circle. Noticing it and going back and seeing if somebody's noticed the same thing before. Um, quite often it's anecdotal. You find it in stories, accounts of wilderness journeys and things like that. But if it's in an academic paper, it's slightly less romantic, but it is, dare I say it, more dependable than folklore, which contains lots and lots of rich and wonderful clues. But in folklore, we, we're only halfway around the, the circle of confirming things because I, I find folklore fantastic for ideas. You know, they can be quite sort of blunt, like um, Hansel and Gretel or Theseus and Ariadne's thread, but they, they can plant the, plant the seed of thought. I've just come across a rather peculiar trunk of a fir tree. It's, it's curved, which is not that unusual, but it's, it's curved very steeply. Um, and I can see because the, the root ball has been half lifted out of the ground, the story is fairly easy to read. A storm has tipped this tree over and like so many storms, it's blown from the southwest. And I can see around me a lot of the, the wind-thrown decaying trees following the same pattern. But this fir was not ready to give up and so it, it only got half felled. 
which meant when the storm finished, it looks like it was pointing not quite 45 degrees over, but not far from that. But what's interesting is that it, it continued growing and the phototropism, the tendency for it to grow towards the light. Well, actually, no, I correct myself there. In this case, it's not phototropism, it's, it's gravitropism. It's, it's trying to grow upwards. Um, the phototropism affects the branches, not the, not the main trunk. So it's trying to grow upwards. And just because the storm has tipped it over uh, at a significant angle, doesn't stop it growing. It just means that it, it has to change course because down is now in another direction. So it started growing up. But the interesting thing is, there's a second change of direction. And all I can think is that a kind forester has rewarded this tree for not giving up by nudging it back over, perhaps with a, a digger if they could get that in here. Um, I can't see access, but um, it's too, too substantial a tree. Maybe it, was, maybe it was young enough in those days for it to be done by hand. I mean, it's quite a mighty specimen now. It's got to be a good, well, tower's well above me, well beyond 50 feet. So yes, it's been pushed right over, started growing vertically upwards, gravitropism, and then it's been righted a little bit. And so it's had to correct that growth again, leading to, it's not quite an S. I'll continue northwards. Quite keen to find a pine. Although pine are lovers of light. You don't, don't find that many in the heart of established woodland, either at the southern edges or quite commonly at the um, standing on their own. Now, I've just seen dead trunk of something I can't identify. It's too rotten and it looks lethal. I would not want to be anywhere near that in a storm. In fact, with that in mind, not that many people will be out here in a storm. Oh, there's a robin. I bet we get a little alarm call in a second. There's a fun trick you can do with robins, which and they fly away a bit and, and perch. If you walk steadily towards them, which I'm going to do now just for fun, they retreat. There, there he goes. And what you quite often notice is that the, the distance they retreat shrinks each time. It's like they're on a weak elastic. And I call this the, uh, the rebound. It's getting a sense of the, the bird's territory. And what happens is, there he goes. The, um, the robin will, will only go so far. Once you, once you push them to the, the very edges of their territory, they'll fly back over you to the heart of their territory. So you can actually map the bird's territory by uh, nudging them to the edge. And then they'll leapfrog you back into the, to the heart of their patch. Before I saw the robin, I was toying with the idea of giving that trunk a nudge because I wouldn't want that to come down on me or anyone else. 
um, unwittingly it would be uh, an execution. It's uh, probably 40 feet high, thick, completely dead and rotten, so rotten at the base that it's at least twice the thickness at head height that it is at ground level. And that won't be around in, well, I was about to say five years. I'd be actually surprised if that's around in a couple of years. Um, but now I look around me, there are a few of them. Uh, and I'm not going to be able to deal with all of them. So it's just, uh, if I was thinking of a night walk, I'd probably avoid it in a gale in this particular woodland. I wonder if it's honey fungus or most likely a fungus of some sort. Wow, I've just found myself <laughs> staring at a pine. And as I looked up its rotting trunk, uh, it's, it's been bent right over me. And again, that is going to come down. It might have a bit of life. I can see a few needles up the top there. It's a Scots pine. Um, and that looks more like a lightning strike to me. But it's, it's really struggling. I can't, I can't get to the needles on that, so I can't test our clue. Well, that must sound right underneath it either. You'd have to be very, very unlucky indeed to be underneath one of those when it came down, but you spend enough time in, um, enough time in the woods, you see enough big lumps falling. I've probably, in the last year, seen three quite large uh, beech branches come down. Beeches being a bit notorious for that, though. Always makes a terrifying sound. In the case of the beeches, there was warning, though. They didn't just fall completely out of the um, blue, forgive the pun. There was a steady cracking sound and then they came down. I've spotted what looks like a younger pine. Very close to a patch of sunshine, which again is probably not a coincidence, but it's proving quite hard going. Strange to see such thick brambles this far from a path, but maybe there's one I haven't spotted. My waist. The prize is there. Funny thing with brambles, isn't it? Walk through them for half an hour. I wouldn't want to do it for much longer than that. And you don't feel very much. And then at the end of the day, they remind you what you've been doing mixture of stinging and itching so I try and keep it to a minimum despite my rumble with the brambles I didn't find a pine with low enough branches which again is quite common with pines they, they tend to shed their lower branches, but I thought I'd seen one that I'd got to before that had happened, but I didn't have much luck on that one. I'll, I'll keep searching.
just spotted where the woods appear to open up a bit to the southeast of me. So I'm just going to climb up there. I just think the combination of a little more exposure to the southwesterlies and greater sunlight will hopefully give me access to a few other species of tree, of conifer, and perhaps heighten the effect of the needle compass. emerged between two woodlands now and the land is full painted with the sun and more exciting than that I can see quite a few young spruce trees which I'm going to try and get to dead bracken has formed a carpet over the brambles, making it going a little bit easier. Here we are. Now the first thing I'm noticing is that in some of the shoots the, the needles are a little shorter the end than nearer the, the thin trunk but there is once you get a five centimeters away from the end there's a there's a, a definite average length of the needles in this case I'd say just shy of two centimeters on the southwest side Fantastic. Definitely longer on the northeast side. I'd say two and a half, maybe two and three quarter centimetres. No, two and a half is my estimate. The sound of the birds has changed as well. They love these open patches in amongst the, the woodland best of all worlds for them. Cover of trees, the height of trees, but open ground means more food. Right, here's another spruce. Again, I wouldn't say my eye-only tape measure is perfect, but I'd say two centimetres or a millimetre short of that on the southwest side. Quite a mix on the northeast side of this one, but it is only on the northeast side that the the needles are getting clearly over two centimeters. And there are a few here which I would put it over two and a half centimeters. So many here, I'm just gonna keep, keep going. I'm going slowly uphill with them. In theory, the exposure is growing. A real mix on the southwest side of this one, but 
probably an average just under two centimeters but plenty that are nearer one and then on the northeast side again a bit of a mix but a couple of branches where there are some lovely long lovely long needles two and a half plus it's certainly true to say that there are more branches on the on the southern side of of each of these specimens but that's what we'd expect because of the light a slightly more mature spruce here but we're still talking very young if i look at the whorls of branches one two three four five six i think six possibly seven years old this one well january six and a half years maybe some longer needles on the the main branch but uh yeah settling down again to about short in this case one and a half to two centimeters on the southwest side on the northeast side a real mix but some very long ones as well two and three quarter centimeters i think how wonderful Right, is there any way out of here that doesn't involve a bramble dance? I don't think there is. Not in the direction I want to go. No, I'm not far from a path, but it can't be a, a very well used one because the there's a flight slash alarm call from a blackbird as well. Yeah, the animals, are, particularly the birds, are treating my investigations in the area with alarm literally all right nice sprinkling of conifers here some firs a pine a spruce a yew uh, but nothing i can they're all quite lofty specimens except for the yew try and get a bit closer to one of them up here back in a deep coniferous woodland and the sun is just occasionally slicing through between the, the trees because it is a plantation woodland there are a few few ways the sun can get in when the trees line up and against the dark background of the trunks there's this constant it's like a rain, but it's, uh, it's mostly a blue sky day still. Uh, it's not water. It's just tiny fragments um, that the wind is pulling off the, off the leaves and the, the trunks and the branches of the tree. And it's just passing in a line in front of me in the, in the sunbeams. Hear the wind picking up substantially now. Judging from the shape of the clouds at the start of the day, I wouldn't be at all surprised if there's something a little bit spicy out there waiting to, to build. Might get triggered by the, the sun heats the land just enough. Doesn't find it easy at this time of year. 
being so low. A bit of warming of the land, a little bit of air rising can be just enough if the atmosphere is unstable. It's like lighting a fuse. Could be some heavy downpours or, or worse. As the wind picked up then, I heard the distant war drums, the, the branches at the top of the conifers just clacking into each other. In the background I can hear a gull, because we're not all that far from the coast. But although the likelihood of hearing gulls of course goes up near the coast, it's no longer a very hard and fast rule. Not in the UK anyway. The gulls are no fools and they've worked out that we're quite wasteful and quite happy to, as we take our holidays heading out to the coast, they commute inland looking for an easy feed. I've emerged from the, the woodland to get my first proper view of the sky in a, in a sort of panoramic sense anyway for quite a, quite a while and I just wanted to check in to see if there had been any change in the size, shape or direction of the clouds and so far it's okay. The wind has definitely picked up but the wind direction hasn't changed and the, the clouds haven't grown noticeably and they're still moving with some pace and determination but they are still coming from the southwest and all those pieces together would suggest that there's nothing there's not going to be any immediate change there's some hazel catkins adding a little colour to the otherwise bare trees My search for pines has taken me up another hill and there's a, a small copse here with a line of Scots pines all along the southern boundary, uh, which is fantastic, but most of them are the needles are too high particularly on the southern side for me to well there are lots of branches on the southern side which is what we'd expect but there aren't that many that are low enough to get a feel for the length of the needles uh, and there's just a few branches here and i'm stood under one which i'll just step up onto a slightly raised area i can just touch beech tree there trying to snag me um, I can now get a hold of the needles here and they're long which is quite normal as long as my index finger and we're in a very exposed location all the signs of a windy area are there the grasses in the field to the south of me are 
well swept over almost the longer blades almost bent completely over and the needles themselves on the southwestern side of the trees I can see all the way up are, are bent back by that wind but what I really need is to find I mean this this is the challenge with pines to be honest is you get a lot on the south side but then you get this this double effect there's much more growth on the south side because that's where the light is but then you're getting less light on the north side for normal reasons but it's compounded by the fact that we're, we're in a small woodland here so there's there's very little light coming from the north so very few branches on the north side it's really quite marked there are one pine at the southwestern corner of the, the copse that I'm looking up at and I think I can see shorter needles there but it's not it's not close enough I'm not actually able to measure them uh, and there is just one younger pine here where I might have a bit more luck and on the the wind's picking up now um, there's one branch on the southwestern side which is chest height with lots and lots of smaller twigs and branches and hundreds and hundreds of needles for me to look at and these are much much shorter much much shorter than the the higher ones I just looked at perhaps only half less than half the length of my index finger and if I come round to the northeast side, not much to choose from. There is just one branch on the northeast side. Happy days, happy days. The needles are shorter than those fully grown pines, but I would say two thirds the length of my finger. But that's the thing with these these new or I should probably say rediscovered clues is that these really are this really is the beginning and this is what I find whenever I encounter these small rediscoveries is that this is the start of a process and one that I'd be delighted if you'd you know join in and help me with um, in the early days I was having to sniff all this stuff out for myself um, and that was fun and satisfying. But these days, there are enough natural navigators out there with their eyes peeled, their senses tuned, looking for these things, that it actually accelerates the process. So please do look out for this on conifers where the branches are low enough to get a look at the needles. And just compare, particularly in places where there is a bit of exposure and the wind can get there, just compare the length of the needles on the exposed side southwest in the UK and compare them with the, the length on the northeast side and together I think we have the makings of a very exciting new clue. Now I'm going to head back now with my eyes peeled for that and all the other wonderful signs out there. Happy navigating. <laughs>